You guys doing okay? Yes. He's our stand-up and our recovery. Yes. Isn't he? You guys know that Jesus is coming back soon, right? Yes. Thank you, Lord. I'm expecting it pretty soon. Um, I don't know if y'all keeping up with the news. I don't really watch the news too much. I, I'll get little pieces here and there, but you know they they say there's uh, Russia and Iran's on the northern border of Israel right now. Not looking like it's very good, but you know what that means for us? That just means Jesus is close. All right. So um, in the in these times, you know, I'm I'm 50 years old, and um, well, I'm 49 really. I'll be 50 next in March. Next March, but um, I can remember. I mean, I grew up in church. I grew up in Assembly of God Church, so you know they'd scare you. You know, with, when they talked about end times, and uh, they'd scare you. You know, they you better you know you're you're gonna go to hell. You better you know they scare you. So. But God never meant for these times to be scary for us. He never meant for it to be scary. If you read your Bible, is there anybody, anybody that reads their Bible in this place? If you don't read your Bible, you need to start today and read lots of it. But if, especially in the book of Revelations, it talks about that these words should comfort us. When we see his, him getting closer to being here, we should be comforted. When all hell is breaking loose around us, we can be of good cheer and comforted. Because when Jesus appears and we see his face, it's going to take all this stuff away. All the sadness, all the sorrow is going away. Aren't you glad? So that's something to be rejoicing about and happy about and excited about. Well, I hope you guys are ready to hear some word because I'm ready to give it to you. But Jesus is our stand-up and our recovery. And um, I kind of subtitled my, this message, Let's Go Again. Uh, you know, when I got to thinking about it, mo the more I got to thinking about it, I kind of got to thinking, uh, you might could, we might have could said it like this, let's keep going. But I took it from verse 7 in John 11. Jesus said, hey, let's go back into, let's go back into Judea. Let's go into Judea again. And his disciples said, right after he said that, he said, they said, the last time we were there, they tried to stone you. Basically, they're saying, are you sure you want to go? Are you sure you want to go back in there? Look, we're going to have stuff, we're going to have trouble in this life. You might as well get used to it. Being a Christian doesn't mean, walking by faith doesn't mean you're going to get out of trouble. It just is not. You're going to have troubles. We're going to have things that set us back a little bit. We're going to have things that disappoint us. Sure, but you know what? We just have to continue, and I'm fixing to tell you what we're going to continue doing. All right? But we got the answers, folks. We don't have to be upset about any of this. I want to remind you guys the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to go through the fire. And if you've read that story, you can imagine how uncomfortable it probably was for them having to go through that. Can you imagine the whole nation bowing down and you're the only three that's not bowing and everybody's looking at you and pointing? They didn't bow. And they had to stand up and boldly say, King, no matter what you do, whether you throw us in the fire or not, let this be known, we're not bowing to your gods. Because we serve 
the God. All right? And that's the way we're going to have to be. Whether we go, whether God delivers us from it or delivers us through it, we're going to make it. And everything is going to be just fine. All right? So let's keep on going. Let's keep preaching the gospel. We get knocked down, guess what? We get up and we preach the gospel some more until we see Jesus. Well, let's look at John chapter 11. And we've been reading verses 25 and verse 26. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. And it says, Jesus said unto her, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this? And I guess she did. It's kind of weird when you read the story. It's really weird. Because through the whole time when he's talking to Martha, when he's talking to Mary, and then a little bit later on when he gets to, the, to Lazarus' tomb, he's talking to Martha again, and it's almost like they still, you know, it's like they still are not getting it. For some reason, I'm going, you, you're, walking, you're walking with Jesus. You're talking with Jesus. You're, you're, he, he's, your, he's your friend. I mean, he's, I mean, it seemed like they were pretty close. I don't know about you, but, you know, she goes up to Jesus and, and says, Jesus, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. I mean, you've got to be pretty comfortable to say something that, like that to somebody. So she, evidently she was pretty comfortable being around Jesus and knew, and knew him. But it seemed like she never did get a hold of it. Folks, let's get a hold of it this morning. Can we, just, can we just tell that to God? God, we're going to get a hold of this. We're going to get a hold of it this morning. We're, and, and, and it leads me to my first point. Please God. All right? I have, I have said this for many, many, many years that this is why we're here, to please God. Uh, I heard somebody the other day say that um, some Christian organization that does uh, statistics polled a bunch of people and asked what they thought, but polled Christians now, people that said they were Christians, and asked them what they thought the number one objective of our life is. You know, what's the meaning? And most, a lot of them, most of them said to feel good about myself. That ain't, that ain't the reason why we're here. This is why we're here. To please God. First and foremost. Over spouse, over children, over everything else. We're here to put God first to please Him. And to do what He says. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says this. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Now we read that word pleasure, and that almost makes it seem like something different. But that means fa that's faith. We are to please God with our faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. Isn't that something? Of all the things, you know, especially you think about love, you know, but it doesn't say love. It says faith pleases God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I'm going to go ahead and re read Luke 6, verse, verse 46. Jesus told his disciples and some folks that he was talking to, he said, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? If we're going to please God, 
We're going to have to believe him, which means we're going to have to have faith. And we're going to have to do. How do we know we have faith? When we do what he told us what we're supposed to be doing. If you're not doing what God's told you to do, you're not in faith and you're not pleasing him. Uh oh, hitting Siri. She's wanting to talk to us. Not, 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 not today. We don't need you. We just need to hear God. Yeah, I accidentally hit the button. I accidentally hit the button too long. But can we settle some things this morning? You know, I said just a little bit earlier. We're going. We're going to get this. All right. Amen. I am convinced that the number one problem that Christian people have is we forget. We're too quick to forget. We forget about what God says. When we have something in our life that comes up that's a little difficult, we forget about believing him. We forget about saying, what do, but what, wait a minute, what does his word say? Because we let, this, we let this world affect us too much. We let the world influence us too much. But we're going to have to stop doing that. We're going to have to, when, we, when things happen, good or bad, we're going to have to say, what would God have us to do in this situation? What would God say? Isn't that what Jesus did? No matter what happened in his life, the word, the word, the word of God, the word of God, no matter what goes on in his life. And I, and I believe that's the biggest problem that most Christian people have. We just forget. We, um, we revert to whatever it is we've been looking at or we've been listening to, and we don't go to the Word and speak the Word. You know, I got to, I got to thinking about that. Um, I got to thinking about uh, just living the Christian life. And, um, you know, when I grew up, you know, again, I was telling you guys, I, I was raised in the Assembly of God Church. And uh, I don't know if you, any of you guys here from Assembly, but they had some crazy things some crazy ideas, crazy beliefs that were not biblical at all. And one that I want to, to, to settle with you guys today is, is that God is good. Amen. There is no bad with God. All right? I knew when I was growing up, you know, God will get you. He's going to get you. You step out of line, do something wrong, sin... God's going to get you. It could, that couldn't be the furthest from the truth. When we fall, even when we do it on purpose, we sin on purpose, God is not there to beat us down. He's there saying, get up, get up. Come on, let's keep going. Don't let this keep you down. And you know why? Because when we fall, all he sees is Jesus. He don't see us falling. He sees Jesus raising. Yes. He sees that. And he's saying, come on, don't worry about it. Get up, ask me to forgive you. I will. He's good. God is good. Can we settle that today? God is good. I, I've told people before, I said, you know what? The worst things that you've ever done. Matter of fact, the worst things that all humans in etern forever, from the beginning to the end, the worst things they've done is not greater than the good that Jesus did for us. His good far exceeds all of our bad. So when we fall, 
we can always turn to God. God, I messed up. And he forgives us every time. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? It's so simple. And why we get so messed up with it, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I still have a hard time understanding that. But God is good. And then I wrote down some things. Let me get back over here. I'm, I'm losing my place here. Um, I wrote down some things that as Christian people, and I, got, I want you guys to help me out with this. I'm going to read off a few of these things. And you tell me if this is hard, okay? You guys tell me. Are, are you, you, know, you can just kind of nod your head or no or what, you know. But what about praying every day? Is that hard? Not hard. Did I say pray eight hours a day? No, I just said pray every day. When you wake up, when you get out of bed, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this awesome day. That's praying. Don't have to be long. Pray every day. Read the book. Is that hard? You know what? They got apps nowadays. You can have somebody read it for you. You can just sit there and listen. It's easy to listen. Worship God in song. Is that hard? Man, that's the easiest thing. Sing out loud. Is that hard? That's hard to some people because they think they can't sing. But you notice God never said sing as long as you think you can sing well or if you can sing well. He just said sing. And let me tell you guys something. When we're in here singing, if you, you might be one of those people that I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I can't sing well at all. You know what? It doesn't matter. And we are not going to judge you. Because we know what the Word says. Sing to God. Sing to Him. Tell somebody about Jesus. Is that hard? If you're scared, it could be. Don't be scared. Tell somebody that you love them. Is that hard? Might be hard, but hey, do it. Be quick to repent. Sometimes that's hard. But we need to, we need to do it. Don't worry. Uh-oh. I got a lot of y'all, didn't I? I got y'all in that. That's tough. But you know Jesus said don't worry? Or is, is, is that possible? Can we not worry? We can. Let's just choose not to worry. Give to the church your time, your talent, your money. Be kind. Help those in need. Pray for the peace of Israel. Submit to your pastor. Enjoy a waffle every once in a while. Hey, I had to end with a good funny one. That's, yeah, I'll, I'll get the scripture for you that. I guarantee you there's something about eating bread somewhere. You might not say sweet bread, but it's in, it's in there. But you guys understand what I'm saying? It's easy to live for Jesus. It's an easy life compared to not. It's hard being a sinner. Sin will, sin will beat you. All right, so let's not do that. Let's, let's go to our second point. Second point this morning is glorify God. You know, um, let me read John 11. John 11, 4. And this, of course, is in this same story about Lazarus. Je when Jesus heard that, he said he had heard that uh, he had just got the news that Lazarus was sick. And he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. You know, in every opportunity, in every opportunity, everybody say, in every opportunity, every opportunity. There's, an opportunity. there's an opportunity. 
to glorify God. Good or bad. Right? You can choose. The worst of the worst can happen. Think about Job for a minute. When, when Job heard all the bad... And man, he, he went through some bad stuff, right? I don't know if any of us have ever gone through any of that. But he, he, could, have, he could have either been mad or upset or whatever, or he could have glorified God. It's, a, it's your choice. And we just have to remember to glorify God. And no matter what happens, we just have to say, Lord. All right. So I looked up in the, uh, in the strong concordance, that word glorified, and it means in the, it mean a, a lot, it meant it had a lot of things, but I just wrote down a few. But one, some of the things it said was to esteem glorious or praise or honor. And then I looked up the definition to the word glory, and in the dictionary, the word glory, one of the definitions was very great distinction bestowed. So y'all, so y'all understand what I'm saying? Very great distinction bestowed. Let me read Romans chapter 4. I'm going to read Romans chapter 4, verse 13 through 21. And I'm going to show you guys how Abraham bestowed great distinction or he gave glory to God. It says, in, starting in verse 13, it says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed." Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. We must make a great distinction for God's word. And again, it just gets back to what I was saying earlier, that no matter what goes on in our life, we have always got to look to the Word. Amen. It is the only answer. It's not a answer. It is the answer. Amen. Okay? Abraham did two things in giving glory to God. Okay? And I'm going to give them to you. First, he called himself what God called him. You guys remember when God said, Abram, I'm changing the name to Abraham. Abraham meant the father of many nations. So Abraham had to change his name. He had to go around telling people, hey, I'm not Abram anymore. I'm Abraham. So when people called him Abram, he would tell them, I'm Abraham. And they would know, but Abraham means 
father of many nations. This guy's 90 years old, he, and he don't have any kids. He's lost his mind. Y'all understand that? So we've got to do the same thing. We've got to start calling ourselves what God calls us. God doesn't call us lost. God doesn't call us sick. God doesn't call us broke. He doesn't. You know what he calls us? Kings and priests. That's what God calls us. And that's what we've got to call ourselves. We've got to begin to begin to agree with what God says. The second thing that Abraham did was he considered only God's promised word. God promised Abraham, you're going to have a son, and through him, he's gonna, you're going you're gonna to be a, a father of nations. That was God's promise to him. And he had to consider that and only that. The, what I, the verses I just read said that he didn't consider his body, which was one of his biggest roadblocks, right? I mean, he had to get up every morning and go, I'm 90 or I'm 99. He had to do every morning. Now, God doesn't tell us that we can't deal. I mean, we got to deal with that, right? When your body's hurting, your body's hurting, and God doesn't want us to lie or anything and just say, oh, my body's not hurting. Well, your body's hurting. It's, it's okay. But God tells us, don't consider that. Amen. Consider what he said. And Abraham would not consider his body. Hey, Abraham, how you feeling? I ain't talking about that. I don't consider that. I'm considering what God said. And that's what we've got to do. So let's call ourselves what God calls us and consider what God considers us. Um, you know, um, Jesus said, I think I said it earlier, but he said in these verses, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say I'm a resurrection or a life. Jesus is not an option. He's the only option. He is the only way. Um, has, anybody, has anybody had God tell you that the year 2020 was a bad year? I haven't had him tell me that. So I can't call 2020 a bad year. Right? We got to be careful with what we say and what we consider. Y'all understand? Y'all see, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. It's when life is slapping you in the face with, yes, it is a bad year. Remember? Pop, pop. Remember what all happened? And you're getting beat up. But you have to say, God didn't call it a bad year. And God does not consider that. He's not considering all that happened in 2020. Well, he's considering Jesus. He's considering what Jesus did for us. Psalms 118 verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We can put, this is the year the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 
Psalms 105, 2 and 3 says, Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Notice it didn't say, talk of all your problems and the discouragements. It says, talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Let the heart of them rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Isn't that great? Isn't it great to know that in the middle of the worst of the worst, that God says rejoice. Rejoice in that. That's, that's fantastic. To just know that we can do that. And let me, let me give you guys my last point and I'll close. The last point, others will believe. When we, when we please God, when we glorify God, when we call ourselves what He calls us, when we consider only the Word, others will believe. John 11 verse 45 says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and seen the things which Jesus did believed on Him. Let's, let's pray.